One of the greatest moments of American literature is in The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, where Tom runs away from home only to return and discover that they have presumed him dead and are in the middle of his funeral. He peeks in the window of the church and watches. Now, I think many of us would like to be in Tom's position and see how our funeral turns out. I know what I would want mine to be, a celebration of a good and faithful servant. But doesn't that depend on how I live my life? Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, and today's episode is an original story, which means that we aren't focusing on a real person or a real event, but on the reality of something. As I'm sure you'll see, the choice our main character faces is anything but fiction in today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for an exciting prize. But first, let's get to it, folks. Our original story, A Tale of Two Funerals. Good set tonight, ladies. You really packed them in. It didn't seem like they were even paying attention to the band. I think they just wanted to drink. Yeah, at least you provided a nice soundtrack for them. Yeah, that's what we want to be. Music to drink to. You want your money or not? The others sent me to get it. We're all packed up and ready to go. Here you are, Janet. 700 bucks. 700? Our manager said we were supposed to get a cut of the bar. Yeah, well, I don't know nothing about that. Do you think we'd do a show like that, all four of us, for just 700 bucks? <laughs> You're banned to win. You're not exactly world famous. Come on, man. You said you managed to set up some deal? Where is he? He... He's not here. I haven't seen him tonight. Well, I'm not gonna negotiate with the bass player. <sighs> I hate my life. Janet, our bass-playing friend, is about to find herself facing two very different responses to the death of a loved one. Events will lead her to make a decision, one that we all need to make someday. Here is the outcome of her decision in a story that we're calling A Tale of Two Funerals, right now on Unshackled. My parents told me that from a very young age, I was thoughtful, always trying to figure things out, always trying to plan my life. At the same time, I always wanted to have fun. As a teenager, I was in a band, but where I lived, Gary, Indiana, we were never going to get discovered. So when I graduated high school, I packed up my bass guitar and moved to Memphis, Tennessee. I have to admit, I was surprised how quickly we found someone to manage us. You girls have a great sound. Not your typical bar band. We know how to play our instruments. For sure. Girl, you play a mean bass line. You're not just thumping a beat. You actually play music. Thanks for noticing. The worst thing I can imagine happening to me is pulling up next to a car on the street and only hearing the car panels rattling from a loud bass. We want people to hear what we're saying. 
and Tia's voice. We're talented musicians, and we want that to speak for us. Sounds good to me. I'd love to manage you, find you some gigs, maybe get you a record deal. That's the dream, isn't it? Let's make that dream happen. Needless to say, it didn't happen. We realized after a short period of time that the bartenders were making more money at our shows than we were. We got together as a band, along with Henry, our manager, and we decided to call it quits. Any idea what you're gonna do now, Janet? I like Memphis, so I'll be staying. I'm sure I can find a job here. How about you? Hmm, Chicago. It's more like home to me. Maybe I can find another band. Yeah, well, good luck with that. She didn't even ask you to join her? That's cold. I told her I was staying here in Memphis. I think she just wanted to go back up north. Well, I wish I'd been able to get you all some better traction with Bantu Wind. Maybe I'm just a lousy manager. You've always been a good friend. That's important, too. And so I took up a new career. I started in a temp agency, hired out as a secretary, and ended up working full-time for one of the bigger hotel chains based out of Tennessee. It paid me pretty well, and I could afford to live on a nice street in a decent neighborhood. One day, there was a knock on my door. Hello, something I can help you with? Hi, my name's Malcolm. I live just down the road here. Okay. My family goes to the church just a couple blocks over and, oh, that's my mom out in the car there. Hey, Ma. Hello. Nice to meet you, neighbor. I'm Deborah. Hi, I'm Janet. Well, we were wondering if you wanted to come to a social service we're going to have next Sunday. I don't really go to church so much. That's okay. It's a different kind of meeting. We're having a special speaker from out east. It's called, Do You Want to Know the Future? Is this for real? Oh, yeah. What kind of church is this? You're not one of those science fiction churches, are you? Oh, no, ma'am. We believe in the Bible and everything it says. We believe that the Bible talks about the future. That sounds weird to me. The Bible says what's going to happen to me in my life? <laughs> not exactly that, but it tells what's going to happen on Earth in the future. God's got a plan all laid out. Is it a good plan? Well, not everybody's going to like it. Look. Here's a flyer. Why don't you come and check it out and hear what the speaker's got to say? No promises. Maybe I'll come by, but... That's fine. Just think about it, and we hope to see you there. I didn't go to that church meeting, nor any of the others Malcolm invited me to. But Malcolm and his mom, Deborah, stopped by quite a bit, and we all got to be friendly. When they talked about God and the Bible, well, I tried to shut them down. Still, we were good friends. Then one day, a couple years later... Hello? Janet? Deborah? Hey. Are you okay? There's been an accident. Can you come to the hospital? Of course. Are you all right? It ain't me. It's Malcolm. Deb, Deborah, I'm here. Oh, Janet. Bless you for coming. I'm here for you, Deb. What are they saying about Malcolm? What happened? Just a freak accident. He was riding his bike home from school when a car turned left and went right into him. That doesn't sound like a freak accident. Sounds like someone wasn't paying attention. I met the young man who was driving the car. 
He said as he was turning, the sun got in his eyes and blinded him just for a second. He never saw Malcolm. Oh, damn. I'm so sorry. The doctors worked on him in the ER. Then they moved him to surgery. What are they saying? Were they able to help? They ain't saying much of anything yet. But nobody's been smiling. Nobody said he's gonna be all right. I'm so sorry, Deborah. What can I do for you? Oh, nothing. Just, he's my only boy. I know it. He's a good kid, too. He thinks of you like an older sister. I feel the same way about him. He's my little brother. Hold up a second. That's the doctor that talked to me before. Let me go see what he says. Want me to come with you? That would be nice. Thank you. Looks like he's coming to you. Mrs. Maxwell? Yes, doctor. Uh, is... It's okay. Janet's like family. All right. Well, um, Malcolm's got a pretty traumatic head injury. We've stopped the bleeding, and right now he's being moved to intensive care, where we'll keep an eye on the swelling and wait for the scan results to come back. So, will he be all right? Mrs. Maxwell, I can't say for sure, but I wouldn't get my hopes up. He's been very seriously injured. I wish I had better news, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Tim. <laughs> They moved us to a room where we could sit down and wait. Because I wasn't literally family, I couldn't go into Malcolm's room. And Deb would check in with me every so often because she didn't want me sitting alone. You don't need to stick around here, Janet. You can go home. I'll stay with you a while longer. Do you have any more family in Memphis? Nah, they're all over in Charlotte. I got my church family. They're good people. I'm sure they're all nice. You should meet them, Janet. You'd like them. Right now, there's a whole group of them back at the church praying for my boy. Let's hope God is listening. God is always listening, dear. He won't sleep. He won't go get himself some food. He won't ever turn away from us when we need him. What about Malcolm? Oh, God is with him now, for sure. You know that? Oh, yes. I know Mal is in a lot of pain right now and his body is starting to shut down. But that don't mean God isn't with him. In fact, right now he is closer to Jesus than he is to me. Then you think he's not gonna make it? I believe God can perform a miracle, but all I can say is he must be speaking to my heart because I've accepted the idea that I might not hear my baby's voice ever again in this world. How can you settle for that? That God might take him away? Because so many things went right in my life for Malcolm to be born to me and his dad. I don't understand. You lost Frank when Malcolm was, what, eight? Seven. But that seven years of Malcolm having a daddy and me having a husband that loved us both more than we deserved. He was such a good man, Janet. I know you've said that, but how was his loss good? It wasn't. In my eyes, at the time, it was a loss. But he loved the Lord, and he taught Malcolm and me about the saving grace of Jesus, and that is a gain. See, God has given me a lot of good. If he gives me good stuff, I gotta take the bad too, don't I? Gotta trust in the Lord's bigger plan, good times or bad. I don't know if I believe that. I understand. You're not a Christian. You're gonna believe different. What does the 
your Bible say about dying? It says that when we are absent from the body, when we die, we are present with the Lord. We go right into his presence. There's hope with that. But the loss, how does it not outweigh everything else? It does. Oh yeah, I feel it. And I don't like it one bit. But this life we have here is a mere second in the eternity that we gain by trusting in Jesus. Plus, I don't plan to pick a fight with the Almighty. I don't know. I just might. Folks, we'll get back to today's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a little bit about what donating to Unshackled means to furthering the work of the kingdom. Unshackled is now in its 73rd year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we are able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there is one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check to Unshackled and mail it to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to A Tale of Two Funerals. I spent some more time with Deborah at the hospital, but eventually I had to go home. My job and my life kept on moving like always. I thought that felt strange. This young guy was in the hospital waiting to die, but the world kept on turning like always. It made me sad. A few days later, I was on my way to work at a bus stop. Excuse me, sir, do you mind if I sit here? Oh. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm just kind of taking up the whole bench, aren't I? Henry? Janet? What are you doing around here? Oh, I'm, uh, you know. Are you okay? You look... You can say it. I'm sure I look awful. I haven't been doing so good. What's the matter? My mom died a couple days ago. Oh, Henry, I'm so sorry. I think it was a couple days ago. I've been out of sorts. You smell like a distillery. Have you eaten anything lately? What day is it? Come on, Henry, let's get you taken care of. I'm sorry about your mother. What happened? Cancer. She had a brain tumor. We really didn't even know about it until it was too late to operate or anything. That's so sad. You have no idea. She was in all kind of pain. Headache. Her body didn't hardly work anymore. She couldn't walk or clean herself. Not the lady that raised me. It seems funny sometimes how we take care of ourselves, we eat right, we exercise, all so we can get sick and die someday. Who who do you mean? Who does all that? Don't you? Not really. My mom didn't either. 
She didn't exercise? My mom wouldn't run if someone were chasing her. Oh. She smoked and drank right up to the end. I had to hold her cigarette up to her lips when her arms stopped working. Oh, wow. But she was a great mom. I never told her that when she was alive. But she really was great. She never judged me or made me feel bad. Even the times I got arrested or other kinds of trouble, she gave me room to find myself. I don't know what I'm going to do without her. Did your mom have any kind of faith or anything like that? What do you mean? Does she believe in God or some higher power? Why would you ask me about that? You of all people. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Another friend of mine... She didn't need to be religious. She was a good person. She never hurt anybody. If there's a heaven, I know she's there. You think God... Don't even talk to me about God. If he's for real, I don't want nothing to do with him. He took my mom from me, made her suffer. You should meet my friend Deborah. She says she's got to trust God in the bad times, just like the good times. Yeah, well... She don't know what I'm going through. What a difference between Deborah and Henry. I could tell that Deborah was hurting, but she still didn't give up on God. She wasn't angry like Henry. Henry loved his mama and she was gone. I could understand him being upset about that. Was Deborah in denial? I just couldn't tell. The funeral for Henry's mom was a couple days later. I never liked funerals and I'd never met his mother, but Henry was a friend and I wanted to be there for him. It was held in a funeral home and there was quite a crowd. We're here today to remember Gloria and to recognize what a blessing she has been to all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right, I'll show you right mm-hmm. now. Gloria never tired of helping people whenever she could. Her heart was in the right place. She welcomed people into the home all the time. You walk past her house and see all her guests sitting out there on the porch, having a good time and laughing. It's easy for me to say that such a woman is safe in the loving hands of God. Uh-huh, yes, show you right. If there is a heaven, Gloria has found the best seat in the house. And she's sitting there with a pack of smokes in her hand and that throaty laugh in her mouth. <laughs> If there is a God, he's listening to her jokes, laughing as loud as her. For Gloria, that's heaven. We all miss her. But I got a feeling that we'll see her again, whether it's up there or somewhere else. Okay. (laughs) Her wicked sense of humor is going to keep us entertained for a long time. Her son Henry wanted to say a few words, so, Henry? I just got a couple things to say. First of all, thanks for giving my mom this send-off. I know she's looking down and glad to know you're all here. Also, some of you mentioned you're praying for me. I just want you to know you don't need to bother. All them thoughts and prayers didn't do anything when she was sick. I don't need them for me. That's about it. 
Except that a few of us are headed over to Django's for drinks afterwards. You're all free to join us if you want. It was Mom's favorite place. So, yeah, come on out. I left Gloria's funeral thinking about what I'd heard and about what Deborah had said to me about God. Was Henry right to be mad at God for taking away his mom? Was God the one who was responsible for her dying? I mean, from all I heard, it wasn't like she took good care of herself. And then I started thinking, Henry was blaming God for the bad stuff. Did he ever thank God for the good stuff? Did he talk to God and ask him to heal his mother? I guess I couldn't see Henry doing that. I couldn't imagine Henry talking to God about anything. He was so completely different from Deborah and Malcolm. Hello? Janet, this is Deborah. Is this a bad time? Not for me. Are you okay, Deb? I wanted to let you know that Malcolm passed this morning. He didn't wake up or anything. He just slipped away to be with Jesus. Oh, Deb, I'm so sorry. Is there anything I can do? The funeral is next Saturday. Could you try and be there? I'll be there for sure. For you and for Malcolm. Malcolm, don't. Okay. That would be great. He'd be glad to know you were there. A week later, I found myself at another funeral. This time in a big old church. We're here today to remember our friend Malcolm who went home to be with Jesus a few days ago. Probably everybody here has a Malcolm story, something he did or said that makes you think, yep, only Malcolm. <laughs> now, I've known him since just before his daddy died, and I could tell you a bundle of stories. It's good we remember him. It's good we think of him. And it's good that we reach out our hand to his mother, Deborah, and say, we want to help you. Mal was a good kid with a good heart, and there's no way to replace him in our own hearts. But we got to remember one thing. Mal wouldn't want this whole service to be about him. Yes, of course, we are here because of his passing. But he wouldn't want us to make it all about him. See. Some people live their lives and it's all about them. But Mal wasn't like that. He was the kind of kid who thought of others first. Did any of you notice that about him? That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. Did you ever notice how when you needed help, Mal was always willing to be there with whatever it was? That boy helped me clean out the grease trap in the kitchen sink downstairs. Not once, not twice, but three times. That is a stinky, stinky job. And nobody else has ever helped me do it more than once. Uh, three times. <laughs> He's a good boy. <laughs> and if anybody else needed help, he was there. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But let me ask you, how many of you knew Mal because he invited you to come to church? <laughs> that's who he was. He loved helping people. He loved people. He loved his mama, but he loved God even more. Yes, 
And it would be wrong of me to stand up here today on Mal's special day and not tell you about the most important thing in his life. And that was his relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what Mal had. Not religion, not an experience, not a crutch, a relationship with the God who loved him so much, he sent his son to die on a cross so that Mal could be saved from the consequences of his sin and live forever in heaven. It might sound weird, us talking about Malcolm living forever at his funeral, but that's what's taking place right now. At the moment Mal's heart beat for the last time, he was in the presence of God, starting his new life in a new body that will never die. That's right! And he's standing before the throne of God right now. Blameless and with great joy. But he wouldn't want us to make this about him. Mal would want me to say to you, you can be there too. You can be wherever he is. You can be forgiven of all that junk that separates you from God. You can be forgiven and spend eternity with God, and it's all because of what the Lord Jesus has done. And he's done it all. On the cross, he said, it is finished. That means the work is done. That means we don't have to work our way into heaven. And that's good, because if we had to work our way into heaven, we'd mess it up. But Jesus doesn't mess up anything. And he is calling out to you today, not me, not Malcolm, but Jesus himself. He's calling you and saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's what Mal would want me to tell you, that Jesus is calling out to you today. We hope you'll answer him. I don't want to scare you, but when Malcolm crossed that road on his bike, he had no idea that that was going to be the last choice he made here on this earth. He didn't know that he kissed his mama goodbye for the last time, but he was ready. He was ready to go be with God. He had already prepared for that last journey, so when it came, there was nothing left undone. He reached out his hand to God, and God reached back and brought him to that promised land. Don't you want that for yourself? If you have not made that choice to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, we want you to think about it. There's no better time than today, right now, this moment. That's what Mal would want to say to you. That's what he'd want you to know. Janet! Janet, I want you to meet our pastor. Pastor McKinney, this is my friend Janet. Hello, Janet. Hi, Pastor. Nice to meet you. Were you a friend of Mal's? Yes, I live around the corner. You nailed it when you asked if he invited me to church. He did that a lot. <laughs> he was a one-man media campaign. Pastor, Janet told me this is the second funeral she's been to in a week. It just happened that way. I don't like going to funerals. I understand. Was the other a family member? A friend's mother. It wasn't like this one at all. What do you mean? I almost didn't come today because of that other funeral. I didn't want to listen to people wailing and crying and talking about their loved ones being in the arms of God and stuff. Well, I can guarantee that Malcolm is safely with God right now. We do believe that to be true. 
That's God's promise to all who believe in him. I don't think this lady from this other funeral believed in God. By all accounts, she was nice, but nobody talked about her having a relationship with God. I suppose this service sounded very different. Oh, yeah. Are you a Christian, Janet? I'm... No, I'm not. I hope you heard something today that sounded appealing to you. Nothing would make me happier than knowing that you gave your life to Jesus. Now, I bet you've been praying for me, haven't you? For a long time now, Janet. Malcolm and I prayed for you together. That doesn't surprise me any. You can tell when someone cares about you when they bring you up to the one who created the whole universe. I never thought about it like that. Well, we love you, honey. And if you need to talk to any of us about being a Christian, you know you can, right? I do know that. And I probably will talk to you about it. I don't want my funeral to be like my friend's mom's. I like the idea of people knowing that I'm going to continue living in heaven. I mean, that sounds so much better. I know Mal thought so. And I know that at this moment, my boy knows the full worth of his commitment. I didn't have to spend much time thinking about it. I figured all the things I'd done, playing in a band, moving to Tennessee, even leaving the band, it all brought me to this place. God showed me the difference between what it would be like to die and go to heaven with him, or die and go to hell. When I went to Gloria's funeral, I just felt lost. When I went to Mal's funeral, I could tell everyone was sad, but they were all so happy that he was with God. I tried to tell Henry about God, but he wouldn't listen. But now I'm praying for him. I don't know what's going to happen there, but I can tell you that I know what's going to happen when it's time for me to pass on. Now I can enjoy those same promises that Mal had. Praise God. God wants us to have assurance of our salvation. We should not live our Christian lives wondering and worrying each day whether we are truly saved. That's why the Bible makes the plan of salvation so clear. Believe in Jesus Christ. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you believe that Jesus died to pay the penalty for your sins and rose again from the dead? Do you trust him alone for salvation? If your answer to these questions is yes, you are saved. Assurance means freedom from doubt. By taking God's word to heart, you can have no doubt about the reality of your eternal salvation. But if you do not believe in Jesus Christ as Savior, and you do not have a contrite heart, you are on the path that Henry's mother was on. And so let this be a clarion call. Listening friend, do you worry about what's going to happen when the time comes for you to leave this earth? Do you need to know what's going to happen? We want you to be confident that you will go into an eternity with Jesus Christ. If you need help in making this crucial decision, call 1-888-NEED-HIM or get in touch with us at Pacific Garden Mission, 
1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions, and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org, or you can leave us a message at 312-281-1264. Now, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. It really helps us out. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the prize for the sweepstakes contest is yet another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The verse on this one is 1 Thessalonians 5, 2, and 6, which reads, The day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. This plaque is beautiful, folks, and it would make a great everyday reminder of God's perfect promises. Unfortunately, we are only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. That's your name, your phone number, and email. The deadline to enter the drawing will be December 2nd, and we will announce the winner on December 18th, just in time to be a great Christmas gift. We look forward to hearing from you. And next time... Vernon, you asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, but you've got to be grounded in His Word and do what it says. Yes, ma'am. Vernon Goff believed he was saved as a teenager and was even raised in a good family. This may look just like a book, but it's so much more. This right here is a compass for your life. Yes, ma'am. Sometimes we may say to ourselves, I would never do that. That's what Vernon said. Vernon, you can make some real good money. I'm talking 10 to 20,000 every time you make a run. Never. Why not? It's just wrong to deal drugs. It's not God's will. And how could he end up as a drug runner heading to prison? May 29th, 1986. This was the beginning of the best time of my life. Find out what happened as we present part one of the true testimony of Vernon Goff on the next Unshackled. Heard in A Tale of Two Funerals were Alana Arenas, Jenna Ford Jackson, Larry Halliburton, Ryan Priester, Michael Myers, and Patrick Thompson. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Patrick Thompson. Sound assistant, Emma Ware. Audio engineer, David Perchinski. Script, Darby Kern. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So, until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>